Welcome, everybody, to the Impact Nations podcast. I am joined by my very good friend, Mike Brown, who, and we're already having laughs, so I thought, let's just quick hit record because we want people to hear our laughs. Um, Mike and I have been good friends for a long time, uh, and I have had the privilege of going to visit him in Kenya uh, several times. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you so much. I'm looking for, I've been waiting for this all this time. Yes, you and I have tried uh, a few uh, times to connect. We've had technical difficulties. No, I know because, you know, we are in Kenya and you are somewhere where you need prayers. So I'm, I'm praying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, pray for us, brother. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you, Joe. Great, great, by the way, great impact in Kenya than we have ever seen before. Great impact. It's awesome, and I'm looking forward to sharing some of those stories. Yeah, Um, I wonder if maybe we could start, Mike, by you just telling people a little bit about uh, where you're from and what you do. Just tell us, just briefly, about your ministry. Okay, my name is Mike Brown. I work with a church called Metro, which works under Impact Nation. Impact Nation is like our mother, because uh, I was a good man. Until a few years ago when I met uh, Steve Stewart from Impact Nation. And my life has never been the same again. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people around the world who would say that. <laughs> so we have to blame that guy who was one of the people in the Impact Nation who yeah. came to Kenya because um, as a pastor, I'm a pastor of Metro. And um, yes, God has given me grace to serve God in a very, very poor uh, people and reach them to give them hope and um, my life is in Kenya, was born in Kenya uh, by the parent that came from another country called Congo, my father came from Congo, my mother born Kenyan and uh, a great thing happened because my father was one of the doctors that came to work in Africa in Kenya and that uh, when I was about nine years old uh, my parents were involved in an accident and I lost all the parents mm. and there a new life started whereby we had no hope completely. So my uncle that was a little bit kind took us in only to oppress us together with my seven brothers and a sister and life became unbearable. We lived a very painful life. And so my brothers could not handle that anymore. We left from our home and we went to the streets and everything was taken away from us. By so th- hold up. So you, you think you, you're saying that things were so bad that you, you chose to live on the street instead of with your uncle. It, it, yeah. It was better to live on the street because we had a man that uh, wanted just to take over, to make us slaves. Now, uh, I know the world always complain about slavery and everything, but let me tell you, there's nothing evil like when your relative makes you uh, your slave. Yeah. When they oppress you and they take advantage of you even when you're still young, take advantage of small girls. And uh, at the age of 11, my sister was pregnant. And that brought the amazing pain in our life. We had the pain that we could not handle. And uh, and the worst thing was not that he was just pregnant. He was pregnant by the very person we trusted as an uncle. So for that, we made a decision. And as you read the Bible, there's a time Moses had to make a decision. 
to go and live with animals or with anything rather than staying as a slave and knowing that he doesn't belong to that family. So that was a great decision that we made. And we went to the street with my brothers. And uh, from there, I started living a street life. Now, when I talk about the streets, I am talking about, I'm not talking about the streets in America. You know, I have visited the uh, street people in America and I think they are still in heaven. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's really, the streets here are proper still streets whereby you have to live by the grace of God. There is no food. You have to eat garbage from the garbage, what people have thrown away. And that's why every time Impact Nation visits me in Kenya, I take them to the garbage dump where mm -hmm. I was raised for four years, where we were waiting for trucks to bring food that have been in a hotel, rotten for four or five days. And there is where we could get our food. And um, I lived a very painful life. Um, I always see, say this, I don't know how many times I ever tried even to commit suicide to because there was no hope because I was hurting of what happened to from my parents. I was blaming God. I was blaming people. I was blaming my parents. And then the worst happened. When you think you are the worst, you know, sometimes you go through pain and you think, wow, this is the last pain you will ever go. Not knowing the worst is still there. Mm. So still on the street, I was able to lose my brothers. I found it very hard. I lost all my seven brothers died while I was watching. Oh. And it was a pain. By the time I was 17 years old, I had lost five brothers in a painful way that made my heart rigid and made me to be a hardcore criminal. So that took me to start taking drugs. And because in Kenya, as a street boy, you can't afford drugs, we invent our own drugs. And that is uh, sniffing glue and um, taking fuel like uh, super, putting it in something and sniffing it and drinking what we call illicit alcohol that we call changa. So that happened because I was in pain. Mm. You were you so started using drugs by what, like 17 or so you were doing that? Sniffing glue and gas? No, 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 no. I started sniffing glue and gas and everything when I was 10 years old. Oh. Because that was the, the, the only way you could es escape the pain that we were going through. Yeah. The pain was so much. And that's why sometimes I talk to people all over the world. I say, don't blame people when they do some nasty things. Because sometimes they do it because they don't have the way out. Yeah. That is the only way they can survive. So but your your compassion for for the homeless, for the drug abusers came because you've been there yourself. So you, you have the ultimate I, empathy. Yeah, and I've known that they are all there because they don't have opportunity. Because personally, I stayed on the street living a nasty life, a life like that. Not, you know, there's a life you live, even God and the devil, they don't accept you. <laughs> you are your worst. You, you just go through radical life, uh, uh, committing pain, because when you hurt, you end up hurting people. Yeah. Anytime you're hurting, you hurt others. So I lived a life of hurting people, uh, criminal life, make, uh, connecting with a gang, 
that was able to cause pain to hundreds of people in their in their lives in their homes and um i had no hope completely so for that reason when i got rescued i have one obligation in this world if i can get a day to rescue someone that becomes the most important day in my life yeah so and that's why i am with impact the only way reason i work with impact is that motto we rescue life and i was rescued hmm. i was rescued and uh it was when i was 17 years old that uh, i went to a meeting and in this meeting that was the most painful time i saw my brother dead I saw my other brother, five brothers died by the time I was reaching 17 years old. So I became radical. I made sure I will never cry. That was the first decision I made. No matter what, I, I will never, never cry. Because one of my brothers was shot when I was supposed to be dead. The other one, he was crushed when I was supposed to be crushed. The other one, we were all poisoned by people who are hating us because of also the pain that we were causing them. So mm -hmm. they made uh, to, to poison every, every garbage that we used to collect food. And all the people that I will never forget, there were um, 12 people that died. Only four we survived. Wow. But, and uh, I was supposed to die. I, was, I ate the same food, but God protected me. Mm. And I need to know that God had a plan with my life. And um, at the age of 19, I went to cause a pain in a meeting. We used to steal from people, pickpocketing, stealing, doing any kind of harm. And in this time, there was a preacher that had come from England. And that's why it's so important for people to obey the call of God to go to other nations. Yeah, because there's no way I would have received Jesus if someone was not sent from other nations. Hmm. But when I went to his meeting, it was not to get saved. I went there to steal because that was the only job I knew to do well. Because when people raise up their hand to worship, it's easy to pick pocket. <laughs> wow! And, and I would go there. We steal people. I make this as a joke, but it's true. I we could tap someone and say, "Hey, bro." you will walk today and you will think we are talking about a miracle that maybe you can't walk you say I, I can walk we say no we are meaning you will walk because we have stolen your transport money so today <laughs> you will have to walk <laughs> so it's not that because you will have a I receive another miracle it's because you cannot pay your own transport and okay. i went to a meeting three days stealing things bags everything but the last day the preacher said that if i was the only sinner in the whole world still jesus would have died for me mm. and i make i said okay let me try this guy i don't i went forward lifted up my hand prayed for me in tongues and all kind of prayer i felt nothing i tell you the truth in my mm. heart it was the same guy but immediately i went back to my group for my i that was the only night i didn't steal 
Wow. And they, they, as a team, we ask each other, what did you bring? So that we bring together to divide equally. Criminals are very, very loyal to each other. Mm. When you have a gun, you share. And sometimes it, I feel bad when Christians who should be doing that, they don't do that. Why yeah. the evil people who doesn't know anything about the truth, they share. So I went there. I was the only one that night that had not brought anything, but I had brought the biggest gift on earth. That is Jesus in me, the hope of glory. Wow. And so what did you say? To them? Huh? What did you say? So I told them that uh, I believed what those guys were saying. And I think I'm saved. And they were laughing. They were laughing because uh, I had just a new glue that I was supposed to sniff. So I told them, I'm not sniffing. They could not believe. And that was the last day I ever sniffed the glue. Wow. God just broke the addiction straight away. And so, so it's interesting. What, what strikes me as interesting is you say that when you went forward in the meeting, you didn't feel anything in that moment. Anything. There, was no, yeah. there was no, like, the Holy Spirit didn't come down and oh, fire. No, 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 no. Fire, fire breaking just, down, no, no nothing, nothing. But, it was just but by taking it back and, and speaking out loud what Christ mm -hmm. had done, it, yes. that's when things began to break. Confession. I said, I'm saved. And. I didn't even know what saving this means, but I confessed it and I possessed it. Yeah. And the desire to do evil started dying. It was the following night. You know, let me tell you something. We have a friend who walks in when every other friend walks away. Hmm. And that's Jesus. He says, I am a friend that comes closer than even a brother. So Jesus gives me strength. The, uh, I stay with the wrong people. These are people who cause pain, rapists, thieves, uh, people who abduct people. And the following day, I go to town. I don't steal. I start asking people to help them to carry their luggage. In Kenya, we have we, we don't have most supermarket by then. They didn't have what they call a push cart or something. Mm -hmm. The cart you push, it was you carry yourself. So I would stand outside the supermarket and when you come with more luggage, I would request you if I can help you to carry and then you would dash me something and that would help me. So mm -hmm. that was my survival way. People would dash me some gifts and some small things, but it was not the same like those who still, because when I go to the gang, my contribution was the smallest. But but they accepted me still as a Christian until the day that they brought a small girl that they had abducted. And normally it would be a red program. People would line up until the family of that girl comes to rescue and pay some money. Mm -hmm. And that day I stood, I said, on this girl, nothing will ever happen. Mm -hmm. I am not ready for this girl to be touched, to be raped, to be, and nothing will ever happen. Nothing, nothing will ever happen. Nothing. I say, listen, I don't care. You're my team. I don't care what you're saying, but I will not allow this. It's my, like my sister. And immediately the compassion 
that was on my sister came upon me. I remembered how I lost a sister at a mm. very early age. And I said, I'm not allowed to see this girl. So I rescued the girl, took the girl back to the family. The police came. They thought I was the one who had abducted me. I was taken to police. I was taken to cell until the girl saved me by saying that I am the person that rescued her wow. from my gang. And the family, when they were told by the police, they were ashamed. They broke down and they said, we want to help you, man, to come out of the streets. Wow. We're going we're gonna to give you rescue. We're going to help you. We're going to give you rescue. And I got rescued. <laughs> and I was given hope, given a host for the first time after 10 years, I could sleep on a bed. I could have a blanket of my own. Mm. I would eat decent food. I was the happiest. And they started planning even to take me back to school. Wow. But it never happened. Because after a few weeks in that nice family, my body system failed. Everything collapsed. Every part of the organ of my body collapsed. And uh, taken to hospital, they thought I was going to die. And I was admitted in a hospital for nine months. No hope. The family that had rescued me gave up on me completely. They said, we love you, but what can we explain to people? Because they are, the doctor is saying you need new organs. Everything in your body has collapsed. You need new organs. You need new kidney, you need lungs. You sniffed glue for long. And you, wow. everything is destroyed in your body. And in the hospital, I was pushed. I will never forget that. Pushed in a room, in a ward that I was the only one. Only, that's called the last ward. It's even right now in Kenya. It's a, a place where people, because we don't have hospices. So we have just a special ward where people that the doctor thinks they're going to die, they are put there waiting for their death. And for three months, I was among the dead people every morning. Mm -hmm. And every morning they came to check up, I was still alive until Jesus appeared to me. Oh, Jesus appeared to me. In your hospital room? In the room in my deathbed where the doctors have already said they can't see any hope. And the voice appeared, said, I'm going to heal you, and I will set you, and I will use you to the nations. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the only part I didn't believe, because this is a 20-year-old man. He doesn't have even personal identity, no education, no nothing. And the voice says that he's going to send you to the nation. How? That's why I was talking to you, Swahili. I did not even be able to speak proper Swahili or any tribe because I'm a street boy. Yeah. Reigned and raised on the street. The only language I knew was the street language, destruction language. But God called me. And the, I like saying this. I can't forget to tell you this. Jesus called me on my own name, the name that only my father used to call me hmm. in my deathbed, Mika. I'm going to raise you up. 
I look behind and I remembered what Christian had told me that when you start hearing strange voices, that is your time to go. You're ready to die. So I said, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm saved. I was feeling good, ready to die. But what happened? I had strength back all my body. Mm. If you see some of the back of my back, on my back, even up to now, you'll see the mighty healing power of God. My skin was restored by God because I had stayed on the bed so long that I had sore that I had even some of the worms coming out of my flesh. Whoa. But God healed me that time. And that was the last time I ever went back on a deathbed. Hmm. God still heals. Jesus is a healer. I tell people, I don't believe it because I see people healed. I believe it because I was healed wow. and given another chance. Yeah. So when I walk back out of the hospital, I'll never forget one nurse said, Lazarus has come back to life. <laughs> they knew I had died. They knew my kidney, my lungs, everything had failed. But God gave me another chance. So God is a God of another chance. Amen. Yeah, he's a God of another chance. And so that's my story now for that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. So, so what did you do? I mean, you didn't have any context for how to preach the gospel or anything. Like, how did you go from a dude uh, rescued from his deathbed to ministering to many, many, many people all over the world? Yeah, it's, it's, I said today we were doing a million counts declaration where we declared this year we're going to reach a million. We have reached more than that. What happened was that when I came back, I went back to look for the family that had taken me nine months ago. Hmm. And the family could not believe. They thought they even ran away. And um, I, was, I went back to a church. The church did not believe me because I was still wearing, I'm telling you this, I was wearing hospital clothes, <laughs> the pajama. <laughs> People thought this is a man who has run away from the hospital, a crazy young man. The church was having a wedding, and the church thought that I've come to disrupt their function. Locked me in a toilet. This is a man who has just received a miracle, but the church cannot see that. Locked me now because they could not feed me, they could not clothe me. And this makes me so painful for the, how we treat people sometimes without knowing the will of God because the church thought I was a thief. And the Bible says I was sick. You did not come to see me. Yeah. I was naked. You did not clothe me. I was hungry. You did not feed me. And I was in prison. You did not come for me. Then you shall ask him when. He says, whatever you did to this least one, you did it unto me. So that broke my heart a lot. Mm. But when they opened the toilet door, it was already 
the following day. So I spend over 12 hours in an African toilet. This is oh. a hole yeah. on the ground. It's not just a normal toilet that you think. Because when I say toilet, people in America or other, they think, wow, they are toilet. Your toilet is like a hotel to me. <laughs> this is a proper toilet, just a hole on the ground with everything coming back to you. So I thought I should go back to the world. It is only that when I was being rushed again to the hospital, one Christian said, no, I'll take him back to stay with me. And um, I had an opportunity, and this man said that he thinks he should take me to another church. And um, that time I started cleaning cars for people mm. in town. And one day, one missionary from Sweden said to me, how can I help you? I see you are a hardworking man. I said, I went back to school. So I was taken back to school, primary school, at the age of 21. Was that pretty weird? I was, it was weird because I was the older some, than some of the teachers. <laughs> so I, I, I never prayed with my uh, student, other students. I used to go talk to teachers. But by the grace of God, I finished my uh, primary. I went to secondary school, which was only a miraculous. I passed well in secondary school. And in secondary school, I started a business of making toothpicks. Tooth, toothpick is just small wooden things that I would gather other street boys and would make and sell, give it to their hotels. And instead, the hotel would give us food and give us some little cash and being cleaning uh, street cars and preaching every evening with the miracle God is, I didn't know even the Bible, but I knew one thing, God has healed. Hmm. But when I was in secondary, I became a Christian union leader. And uh, one day preaching on the street of Eldoret, the man that had preached to me 10 years ago when I was a thief was passing in the streets. This is a man I honor. He's called Don Double. He's my father in England. Mm. This man had preached in Africa for years. He had not seen the results. And when I saw him, I, cried, I shouted that you're the man. And he followed my story and he said, Nobody in the whole world will believe your story unless I take you to England. And this man sponsored everything for me to go to Britain to wow. St. Austin's School of Ministry, to Reading University, and to Bridgeport University, theology. And uh, he paid everything. Wow. Went to England. My life changed. God blessed me so much. God blessed me. And in England, God just helped me. I started the first Swahili lesson. <laughs> now, this will make you even laugh louder because in all the eight subjects I did while I was in secondary, 
Only Swahili, I didn't pass. Yeah, because I was teaching the Muzungus. I was teaching the Muzungus, they don't know any. So whatever I taught them was right. <laughs> so, and by that, God started giving me finances. Yeah. For five years I was in England, I made more money than even members of parliament in our country. Wow. So go from poverty, yeah. <laughs> I went straight away to a man with money. So and were you, I was that just from teaching Swahili or were you doing other businesses there too? No, I was preaching churches. The, the man, mm. Don Dabo, was so proud of me. He would send me to churches to preach yeah. and he would request the churches to uh, bless me. Yeah. So I decided I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to stay in England, get a woman in England, marry in England, and just come out of, live a happy man. The same angel that appeared to me when I was in the hospital, he said, I have a greater work for you. You mm -hmm. have to go back home. Wow. Go back home. And uh, I already had a girlfriend. And when I told her that I'm going back home, she could not believe. Mm -hmm. So I cut all the successful life I had in England. And I came back to Kenya. And I started a rescue mission. Looking for young men who wants to be rescued. And right now, as I'm talking to you, I believe by the grace of God, I have rescued over 240,000 young men mm. that would be dying on the street now. Right now, they are working. Wow. Apart from other part of ministry, I do. Yeah. So how do you do now, it? <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the same grace has been sufficient. Anytime God gives you a vision, he gives you a provision. Yeah. And my friend, Tim, let me tell you something. Why God uses us. Yours, God does not use us because we have ability. God uses us because we are available. Hmm. So it is nothing to do with ability. He chooses those people with inability. But as long as they are available. Yeah. So when I became available before the hand of God, I live by faith. <clears throat> I tell people, the economy of the world is so bad, not only in Africa. And when I discovered that, <clears throat> I decided I will no longer use money, I will use faith. So I spend faith. I don't spend cash. Wow. So I, <laughs> so I carry a big vision. We have done it this with you. I, you have no idea what we have done with Impact Nation, where we spend faith. I just see something we share, and God opened the door, and generous people start giving in. That's how God has been doing. And that's why I, I don't want to lose this opportunity to thank anybody who will be listening to this, who has ever in their lives supported Impact Nation in any way. I want to tell them they have no idea the transformation that they bring to the world 
leave alone Kenya to the world. But in Kenya, it is above board. It's beyond explanation. Sometimes I cannot put these things in words or even in a book or in anything because it's too much. Well, I mean, it's, it's by the grace of God and it's by God's grace that we have connected with incredible partners such as yourself. And uh, we've had Rand Deep on this podcast. We've had Annabelle on this podcast. Uh, we are so incredibly blessed by people who, as, as you just said, have made themselves available by mm-hmm. faith carry out the vision the Lord has given them. Uh, and I mean, my great joy, and I've said it on this show before, but my great joy is to just kind of be the, the go-between. You know, I can take uh, our, our donors who have a heart for seeing the kingdom of God transform lives, transform communities, rescue people from dire situations. And I get to connect those donors with these incredible partners who just keep saying yes to Jesus and keep saying, yes, here I am, Lord, send me wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And for me, I, you know, I, I, I just can't believe how blessed I am to be in between these two incredible parties, you know, those who have a heart to see it happen and those who are making it happen. Uh, it's, it's a great joy. So, no, it, it is really amazing because today I was trying to book an appointment because uh, Christina Impact Nation, she's coming to Kenya in October. Yeah, and I wanted to to, to get a connection because the with the the lady that loves her so much, the first mm-hmm. lady of our country, Honorable Margaret Kenyatta. This is the wife of our Honorable His Excellency, the President Uhuru Kenyatta. And he asked me who are impacts. He wanted me to explain. And I said, impacts are the midwife. Hmm. <laughs> impacts are the midwife. They are the people that see the woman that is ready to deliver and they will do all to connect with the doctors hmm. to make sure. There is a safe delivery. I love that. <laughs> that's I what I said. It. So I'm so excited that you have just said that because that's exactly what I said to the, to the mm. first lady. I said, Mom, Impact Nation is the, is the, 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 the people that are midwife over the vision that we have in Africa, in India, in other parts of the nation. And um, I want to tell you, uh, that's why we have been able to reach positions we have never helped thousands of young men to start small-scale business, reach the women that were already slaved in prostitution. Yeah. Through Impact, we have rescued thousands of women. We have given them small business, uh, and they are now living a life of dignity, rescuing children, feeding programs in, in children in schools, we are feeding nearly every school. We are in every church, helping even now churches to fill their own churches. Because mm-hmm. we, since I met Impact, I stopped just becoming a church. I became a body of Christ. Wow. And <laughs> the midwife, whereby we are a church without walls. Yeah. We are called to the out, not to the in. So we train people to reach out. So that's because God had mercy, and the Bible says, to him much is given, 
much is also required. And so I am forever grateful for the connection, for everything we are doing together. Now we are saving life today. Uh, with the, today I just got amazing testimony with the place we went to with you, to the people that would be dead at this time. The village I took you where everyone was dying. Yeah. Because of this, we have been able to dewarm the whole village wow. and given them safe, clean water. Because of the people, you have been supporting us through the filters and everything. So today, I visited there. This morning, in Kenya, right now, it's very late. So, um, and the, the joy I saw in the face of the people, I just cried and I said, thank you, Lord that you always give us a chance to live for others. Yeah. And that's why I'm proud for what we do. We are bringing change even in schools. Right now we are setting up computers that will help people. And because of the grace and the faith, that's why I said, we spend faith. It's, I don't understand myself how God provides. I only know he's the provider. Yeah. And he says, I'll provide all your needs according to his riches in glory. The problem of people they think needs means what they need for their family. Mm -mm. It's for the nations. Wow. <laughs> it is your need for the nation. Yeah, that's so good. You know, it's, you remind me of something. You, you remind me of something that Randeep, your friend and mine, you and I have both spent lots of time with Randeep, and he was on this show a few weeks back, and he he said something shocking to me that I know you'll relate to, which was he said, you know, I can't remember the last time that I prayed for my own needs or my family's needs, like practical needs. He says we just pray for the nations. We pray for yes. the heart. And and it's. That. It's amazing, right? And, you know, there's a, I think it's Psalm 37 uh, <clears throat> that says, um, he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, you know, it, uh, and when I first read that, uh, I thought that meant like, oh, good, all the things that I want, he will give me, which is a, a really poor reading of that. Because what it really is, I think, is what he's saying is, no, the desires of your heart, as you follow him, as you seek after him, the desires of your heart will change to become in line with his desires. And suddenly he's depositing the desires in your heart that, that are in line with his, with kingdom building, their kingdom building Kim desires. And suddenly he's giving that because as you, as you seek after him and you pray, mm -hmm. Lord, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is mm -hmm. in heaven. When you begin to pray mm -hmm. those prayers, what do you know? He answers those prayers and suddenly he's giving it you is the, desire. It is, it, the way you're saying. It is the way you are saying. It's exactly the desires in his heart. What is his desires is in heart. He says, I love the world so much. Mm. that I have given my only son. Yeah. So his desire is to go beyond what I'm, I'm telling you, this is, I, I'm, I'm glad you have said that. Um, this, I, I'm just, before you called me, I was talking to my wife and he, he, she was reminding me that I have not paid the fee of my kids <laughs> for the, cool. the only thing that the school could not call me because they fear me. But he <laughs> said, the headmaster called her and he said, hey, mom, remind 
mic that he has not paid. And I was laughing because today I had paid fee for over 200 kids. And I could not even remember to pay my own kid. But you know what happened? Mm. It's called divine exchange. While we were talking, someone in my office left, came back with a receipt. He went and paid the fee for my kids. My this is a guy who is not even my friend. He only happened to be in my office. Wow. While I was talking loud on my phone, telling yeah. my wife, don't worry, I'm trusting God. Oh. That. <laughs> Come on. She could not believe it. She says, Mike, only today you have paid for 200 children. And now you are telling me you want to trust. I say, yeah, mom, relax. I'm trusting God. Mm. So after a few hours, the man comes back. He said, the Lord has told me to pay the fee for your son. Amazing. I, am, I could pay my son fee 10 times, 100 times, if I didn't pay the fee for other children. Yeah. But you know what? When you know why God has called you is for the nation. The, your desire he is, he takes over. When it's called, I, I, I like it saying that it's divine, uh, divine replacement, whereby you take God's position and God takes your position. Hmm. So, <laughs> wow. so when people say they want to see God, I go there. Yeah. And when they see me, they see God. And no. God, when my family want to see God, God comes. Because I went when? Where he was. That's why there's a powerful scripture in the Psalms. It says that whoever helps the poor learns to God. Yeah. Now, I work, I'm a politician also in the country. I hold a very special position in this country. Even now, I have some positions that are being get like honored by the president and other people. If the president of our country comes to me and asks me to lend him anything, I swear I will give it even without asking questions. Mm. I don't need agreement. All I need is to be telling people that the president owes me now god says when you help the poor you he owes you mm. and he is not a debtor of anybody yeah so i don't pray for personal needs i don't ask god for what but always he has been faithful he provides all my needs yeah. according to his riches in glory and one of the needs i have is the nations yeah one of the needs i have is to transform the world. So God has called us as transformer. Now, I want to tell you why I see you as a transformer. Mm. Now, there are two things. Two, the word transformer can be translated in two ways. It's something that turns to something else. That's a transformer. The other thing is that every, in every nation in the world, the power grid is too much. The electrical power. The only way that people can have power in your house is a transformer somewhere that breaks down that mighty power that comes 
in order for you to have enough power to power your house. Otherwise, without the transformer, that power can burn down your house. Hmm. So God makes us transformer. He brings too much power, so we divide it to many, many people. Wow. We break it down <laughs> to the needs of people, to the poor, to those who are hungry, to those who are sick, to those who need help, to those who need encouragement. We are called the transformer. Yeah. Because if that power comes directly without someone to distribute it, it they will die. <laughs> it will be too much. <laughs> yeah, just ask Uza who tried to hold up the ark. <laughs> yeah! I was thinking of that name! I was, <laughs> I was trying to think, who is that chap? Who is that chap? Then I didn't want to, to go wrong because I remember one day I preached the whole someone calling Lazarus Zacchaeus. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to try. <laughs> so <laughs> I was thinking of what I was I was thinking I said Uzi in my mind. I said okay let God take over. I'll just give the story. Yeah. So we are transformers. Yeah. But remember to him that is much, given much is required. Yeah. So that's why I don't work for income. I work for outcome. Mm. Oh, man. I don't, <laughs> There's I a don't. right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't work for income. It's outcome. Yeah. When I see the young people, that were dying when i see the women that were given wrong names they are now called daughters of destiny mm. i see god yeah when i see the young men that were begging for bread living staying on the street now they can serve and worship god and serve god and help other people i yeah. say that's god yeah so i want to tell you uh our hearts today this morning in my morning devotion, I was teaching the church. I told them, our heart is to touch and to bring impact. And that's why I love our motto, where is your impact? Mm, yeah. Jesus needs a body. And we are the body that Jesus wants to use. Yeah. It's called availability. Yeah. He will so, never heal unless we heal. Yeah. So I want to take this opportunity real quick just to, to let people know, and we've been talking about it here uh, for the last couple of weeks, but um, since I've, I've got you right now, I just want to talk to people about the upcoming journey of compassion because uh, if, if anybody's watching the video, they can see me looking down at my phone every once in a while. I've been, I'm making notes because when Mike talks for starters, just awesome. <laughs> cool. I mean, honestly, I could make, I could start an entire t-shirt company just from your sayings that come out of an hour. Of <laughs> um, but the, that that concept of you're called to the out, not to the in, and spending yeah. faith, spend cash, spend faith. Uh, I want to yeah. challenge people uh, who maybe are on the fence about coming on a journey of compassion, and maybe there's lots of reasons in the natural why you can't do that. You're afraid to ask your boss for time off. Uh, you're worried about spending your savings on something like that. Uh, maybe you're afraid you just won't get used, like, oh, how could God possibly use me? Um, 
I want to challenge you to step out in faith. Now is the time. Amen. Uh, hey, there are people yeah. waiting, and, and in a few minutes, Mike, we're, we're going to talk about some stories, uh, and we might make the, I might split this into two episodes because this, there's just so much good stuff here. But we're going to talk about some <laughs> stories of, of things that have happened as a result of Journeys of Compassion. But I want to tell you, there are people right now who are waiting to hear the gospel. They don't know it, but they've been praying and asking the Lord for somebody to come. And you are that person. You're, they're waiting for you to come and share the gospel, to demonstrate the love of Christ with them. And so if, if you're concerned about your money, spend faith. Don't spend cash. If don't you're, spend cash. Yeah, if you're concerned about hey. uh, what's going to happen when you go out, hey, we're called to go out, <laughs> not, not to stay in. And it's time. It's time for you. So uh, specifically, uh, we're really looking for doctors and nurses right now. It's funny. We've got a, we've got a good team ready to go to Kenya, uh, but we still need some doctors and nurses because uh, the reality I, is in Kenya, we have big clinics. People really turn out because we've got the support of the government. Uh, it's like nowhere else in the world, do we, Mike, where, where the government really gets behind impact nations in our clinics and so yes, people 100% yeah. a lot of people come people we have there. announcement on radios in every church yeah in every place in fact for the first time we are doing a clinic in a mosque in a mosque not outside the mosque not on the way of the mosque the mosque will close down for us to start until their prayer time they will pray then we will continue and finish before they get the second prayer time. It has never happened in the history of the world. Amazing. And they know we are Christian. They yeah. know we're going to talk about Jesus, but they have invited us because yeah. of the miracles that have happened in the past when we have shown love to the Muslims. Yeah. So I want I'm, to tell people... Telling, stop. Yeah. Go, sorry, go ahead. We both want to tell... So I was saying, I want, <laughs> I want just to tell people, stop spending money spend faith because faith is spelled r-i-s-t mm -hmm. risk yeah risk okay yeah, risk cool. we understand yeah. you you didn't okay risk well we get yeah, that by, by the way, I, I don't mind because <laughs> still my english is better than your swahili <laughs> 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 okay, sorry. Faith is spelled risk. It's taking risk. Yeah. It's going to an empty swimming pool and believing God. Mm. By the time you jump from the diving board, there will be water. Mm. So I want to encourage people, wherever they are, whoever will get an opportunity to hear this. Please, please, please start spending faith. Yeah. Take action. Because we are not called in, we are called out. Yeah. And I tell, this is a cry I have. And the other day I had a very special time to repent. Every time we lock people in instead of sending them out. Because she, that's why Jesus did not die in a temple. He died on the mountain, out. So mm -hmm. that whoever shall look at him as the way Moses lifted up a serpent that anyone would be able to see. That was one, the reason why. Because that's why the Golgotha is a mountain that is open. So as many that could see, could yeah. see the grace of God. Mm -hmm. And if people, you are there, you're a doctor, you're a nurse, take a risk, ask. And always, I know, you spend money. Because I tell people, 
If you want to see a testimony, you have also to test your money. So it's called <laughs> testimony. <laughs> so the day you never test your money, because money represents your life. Yeah. Money is a master. When you give the money out, you put the other master down and you raise the master with God. Yeah. It, so you are, for a testimony, test your money. If mm. I would never tested my money to leave Britain and come back to Kenya, wow. and then become a good Christian, die in England, I would go to heaven and be ashamed. There is no condemnation, but I would be ashamed the rest of life forever and ever. Because God would say, if you would have obeyed me, go back to Africa, reach people. I would have connected you with people in the world who would come and help you because they need somebody. And you are a body. Now, listen to this, uh, team. Yeah. Jesus needs only one thing. Mm. He needs a body. Yeah. And we are the body that Jesus wants to use. We are the body that Christ wants to use. So anyone listening to this, nobody has ever connected himself with God and has failed. Amen. No one. It is in the history. Nobody has ever done something for Christ yeah. and has failed. Yeah. So you, I want to encourage people to, to risk, to walk by faith, yeah. to come to Kenya. They might not know much but they will be able to encounter miracles they can never encounter before. And I know also God is not limited by time. I am praying right now in the name of Jesus. We are having the whole of this month, a month of prayer for the impact. Do you know why? Mm. This is the greatest month you can ever live. This is the ninth month, the, September, the September of the year, which means it's the time for the baby to come out. <laughs> October is the month for us to rejoice. Mm. We, have been, we have been carrying the baby for the last nine months. We are in a month of faith. If anybody step out in this month by faith and register and say, I'm going to go to Africa, they will get a breakthrough that they have never gotten before. Mm. And in October, they will come rejoice to see the baby being born and yeah. the baby coming up in life mm. so it's a, it's an encouraging to everyone please anybody listening if you can record you can register and come to africa we have an exciting because of the unity we have with impact and the love we have together we see miracles yeah. in the women's conference there openings that opens that i cannot even understand how they open we are going to one of the major slums in Kenya, uh, that is Landimawe, and we're going to see uh, many people from the slum not only getting healed, getting saved, yeah. and giving their life and transformation of their life. So if you're a nurse, you're a doctor, it's your time. And I believe this will happen. We Amen. shall have a breakthrough. We yeah. have never failed. We are not going to fail. This is our year of success. That's right. So if you'd like to join us, uh, impactnations.com slash Kenya, and uh, you'll see all the information there. Get registered. Come join us. Uh, you're going to have a blast. Oh.
so my conversation with Mike actually went on for like another hour so we're going to save that for next week's episode uh, you can look forward to us discussing their target for a million new believers this year and their strategy for making disciples uh, as people are coming to Christ that quickly uh, so look forward to that in the meantime have a great week be blessed